Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are live on another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. But this time, this time, second signing day, second live broadcast. And glad to be talking about a different kind of finish. As far as signing day fireworks go, this is... A bit of an anomaly. Those of you who go back in time, you might remember the 2000 class. You might remember names like Travis Johnson, Daryl Lee, Kwame Harris. Uh, It was a colossal collapse down the stretch. But Travis Johnson is the name, and I know Travis, uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, He was displeased to hear that Michigan fans remember him. His, His is a name that lives in infamy in Ann Arbor, a guy who had committed to Michigan. He said, I committed to Coach Hoke. I committed to Lloyd Carr. I was ready to be a Wolverine. I knew what number I was going to wear. I had my locker picked out. Signing day rolled around, and Travis Johnson sent his facts to Florida State. I mean, Michigan delayed its signing day press conference twice that day. Twice. I want to say it was supposed to be at noon. They wound up having it at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, waiting on Travis Johnson's facts, one that never came. You can fast forward 15 or so years, and who can forget Mikey Weber? Mikey Weber committed to Michigan the night before. I remember getting a call from Jermaine Crowell. I'm sure Crow remembers. I remember getting a call from Thomas Wilcher about 2 in the morning. Both guys, back-to-back, 2, 2.15. Hey, Mikey's going to Michigan. Ready to go. It's done. It's done deal. Get up the next day, do the radio show, talking about what's going to come, what's about to happen on signing day. Michigan is going to score a big hometown home run. A fax from Karan Higdon or a letter from Karan Higdon comes in first. Mikey Weber winds up not coming to Michigan, rescinding his commitment and ultimately signing with Ohio State. I say that not to pour salt in long since healed wounds. Maybe they aren't healed, right? I say it as a juxtaposition with today, a contrast with today. A finish that I think many couldn't have seen on the horizon a couple of months ago. Hell, who saw the early signing date going as well as it did? You know, I certainly didn't. You know, fans, you certainly didn't. Didn't see that that day going as well as it did. And they wound up holding on to the majority of their commitments and adding Donovan Edwards. But it was key for Michigan to add to this class. They need bigger bodies. They need some beef up front. Gone are the days where they recruit the 240, 250 pounders, bulk them up, uh, and have them be their defensive line. That's not to say that that won't happen, but it will no longer be the rule. It will be the exception. Joining me to talk about that and Michigan's finish, of course, my esteemed colleagues from over at the Michigan Insider. Let's add Steve Lorenz. You there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. We got Steve Lorenz. We'll get Bryce here shortly. All right. I just went like that. There you go. There you go, Bryce. All right. Whatever. I'm going to make it work like that. Whatever. It's fine. Hey, so we were having uh, sort of a retrospective, a bad one at that, in talking about how Michigan had, up until recently, you know, fireworks on signing day weren't the good kind. Today was the good kind, and they filled some real needs. They had to get bigger up front. They had to add some size on the defensive line. They were able to accomplish that down the stretch, first by – landing a a young man who was an enigma of a recruit 
and George Rooks. I know we talked about him on the, the last podcast. But then today, today, some outcomes that we knew were coming, uh, you know, is in, in the case of Ikawana, the young man from down in Texas, formerly committed to Colorado. He actually committed to Michigan last Friday. I don't know if you guys, if you guys follow us on the board to know that. Uh, and then with Rayshon Benny, I actually got the call yesterday morning around 1030 that he was coming to Michigan. Uh, you know, they had, if you watched our uh, early signing day show, you know, we spoke at length about Rayshon Benny and Michigan still being in the mix, but there were some things left to be determined. Most notably, would Sean Nua be retained? He was Bryce, and that wound up being the biggest, the single biggest factor in the landing of all three of these guys. Wait, you said Sean Nua can recruit? <laughs> Are we sure? Are we positive? I just got I just got to double check because I was told he can't recruit. So I don't I don't know why he's still on staff. Um no, I you know, I hear all these narratives, you know, he needs a helping hand and you know, he doesn't know what he's doing and you know, does he even know what a three hundred pounder even looks like? And it's just like he flipped two kids and he also got a kid that was on the fence at times looking like he'd go to either Boston College or Penn State. So for whatever people think of him, he flat out changed the narrative. Simple as that. In two weeks, he showed us, in my opinion, he's probably one of the better recruiters on staff. On this staff, and Steve, this is important to note, and that's kind of like everyone <laughs> now, right? I mean, uh, you know, you used to say that, and it stood out. Now I feel like on this staff, for all the question marks that there are about the youth and inexperience, one question I actually absolutely do not have is about the recruiting prowess of this staff collectively. I think they have the majority of the members of this staff, I think will go down as strong recruiters, Steve. Definitely more aggressive, right? From top to bottom, you know, remains to be seen. We'll get into 22, see how many races they can pull out. Play on the field will help determine that as well. I mean, you could be the best recruiter in the world. You still got to win some football games, Uh, but the early returns uh, night and day in certain areas, as far as just the sheer aggressiveness uh, from some of these new additions, you know, and a few positions, the board is kind of flipped as it looks clear that they're going to kind of change what type of defense they're going to run. You know, I think we look at linebackers, a spot, we're going to see a whole new group of guys uh, that they really go after. Uh, But that's the, that's kind of the theme so far is they're really going after uh, a lot of different guys and they're, they're making, you know, it pretty clear that that's the way I said it is I think we're going to see Michigan earn more wins on the recruiting trail. There aren't going to be so many, uh, I don't know how we how we would say it. Um, slam dunk recruitments, I guess, for Michigan that maybe they could have uh, waited on or you know gone a, gone in a different direction for a little while longer to see where it goes with elite guy instead. You know, so I think we'll see uh, a little bit more of that going forward. And uh, but no, aggressiveness seems to be the name of the game. You know, I know George Hilo was kind of a big question mark. Nobody really knew a lot about him. Reviews so far seem really positive as far as what. Uh, he's been bringing on the trail. Uh, same with Mike McDonald, you know, coming from the NFL. Uh, you know, didn't know a lot about him recruiting-wise, we assumed, because he's a young, energetic guy. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, the returns have been really good there so far as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that you know, stamina is how I describe it. You know, dropping in on a recruitment and staying on it, even when it doesn't look like the returns are, you know, the the, the return is, is likely that you are in great shape. you got to build yourself in a great shape. I think that that is, is going to be the, the approach, but dealing first with the, with the immediate, you know, the immediate aftermath of signing today, talking about these lands, you know, George Rooks was a guy 
who for a time was trending to Boston College, who for a time was trending to, to Penn State. And I think in retrospect, that all had to do with the uncertainty about Sean Nua. Uh, I think it's very clear, and I spoke to his dad a bit uh, leading up to his announcement. Uh, and I just get the feeling from talking to people who have covered that, talking to Brian Doan, for instance, talking to people in, in and around and close to the class, uh, that you know the the thought that Sean Nua wouldn't be here was really the the limiting factor for Michigan. And when it became clear that he was going to be here, all right, well, hey, you know, they were already, you know, comfortable with the school, the balance of academics and athletics from his sister uh, being a a student athlete here on the women's basketball team, uh, you know, and then the scheme, the schematic fit. And we just got a question as we're streaming live also on Facebook Live, on YouTube and Twitter. DADA 18 says, is is it confirmed they are running a 3-4 defense other than a new D.C.? It's confirmed that that will be their base, but that they will be multiple. And I think what that tells you is guys like George Rooks and Rayshon Benny, who maybe fancied themselves as defensive ends, uh, the, the likelihood of them seeing time on the outside is greater in an odd front. You know, and it's not to say that they'll be exclusively an odd front team. I think you'll see both guys when they're in even front, maybe kick inside and, and be a three tech, but they'll, there will be that versatility for them uh, in this scheme now, but their base is set to be a three, four, but moving over into Ikawana, you know, Bryce, I know, I think it was you. I don't know if it was you or Steve who revealed was the first to reveal that Michigan was on it, but that was an example of working quickly, which you, you had to see, could you drop in on a recruitment? Yeah, I know it's Colorado. And if it's, ah, you know, it's easy to get a flip from Colorado. This was a kid who had established relationship with that school, his recruitment was done. Could you drop in quickly and turn it around? And Bryce, he was able to do that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Sean, you know, a lot of the, again, the narratives was, you know, he he gets the easy recruits. Brandon McGregor, that was a layup. You know, he was going to go to Michigan. Quinn Somerville, he had a prior relationship. But this is, like you said, Sam, this is, what, a week or two before signing day. He's already committed. He doesn't do social media. He doesn't want to deal with recruiting process. And Sean, throughout that offer, you know, started up, you know, the Zoom calls, started connecting with the family, with everyone in his circle, you know, got Mike McDonald, you know, involved, got Jim Harbaugh involved. And, you know, at the end of the day, he just really liked the academics. He liked the football. He liked the scheme. But he just felt like the fit and just the coaches he's coming into was just perfect for him. So for him to go down to Texas where he has zero ties, really, Pick up a kid who's 6'4", I already is around 290, does the triple jump. So athletically, he's a freak. And he's like a, you know, athletic ball, you know, clay. You can mold to whatever you want. And he's a guy where you can take your time, kind of develop him. And if not, throw him out there. You know, I mean, obviously they didn't have much luck with some of the guys that were going, you know, this previous season. But at 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 the end of the day, it's simple. They just needed bodies, and he's a big body, and he checks every box you're looking for. Yeah, and then you move over to Rayshon, and to, to your point about Ikawana, well, geez, Bryce, you just made the guy sound like he's a five-star. No, the, he's raw. I mean, everyone, everyone talks about him being young in his football development. So this isn't a guy that you get, and he comes in, and he's an instant impact guy. At least they don't expect that to be. I mean, wait, hell, we said it about Quiddy Pay, right? So I guess anything – you know, anything is possible where, you know, maybe a guy just comes in and his his physical and me- mental 
sort of maturation is faster than you expect. But Quiddy was young in his football development. I will say this, though, Sam. I will say this. Out of all the the three linemen they got today, I feel like he's got the highest ceiling and biggest potential. And you look at Quiddy Pay, that was a perfect example. That class he came in with all those top defensive ends. He was Who the was the best guy. of the bunch? Oh yeah, so oh yeah, no I, doubt. I, I could, I could see Ike be the same thing. Yeah, I remember. Look, if you if you recall, I was at that Under Armour All American game where Quiddy was. He was a fan vote. He wasn't <laughs> selected for that game. You got you fans got together and said, "Hey, they said we want to see what fan base can vote a guy in," and the fans voted Quiddy in. And we got down there. You know who was the standout for Michigan? It was Luigi Villain. Luigi Villain was supposed to be the defensive end that came in and. And killed it was more ready to go, was more physically ready for the college game. And, and Quiddy just came in and, you know, like you said, he was a freak. He impressed everybody. His his football IQ was higher than expected. He just really picked it up quicker mentally and physically than, than you thought. So, I, look, I'm not saying that to suggest that the timeline will be the same for Ikawana. Uh, it likely, it's, it's very likely that it won't be the same. Uh, but I think your point, and it's a point that I agree with, is this is an upside kid. This is a guy that you recruit and you figure a couple years down the line, now he's a contributor and maybe on the back end of his career, maybe possibly a major contributor if everything goes well. But Michigan wasn't and isn't in the position where they can turn down bigger bodies, Steve. And this is a, a kid, 6'4", 290 pounds coming in the door, which is far different than the 240 pounders and we're going to build them up to 290. This is 290 and we're going to build them up to 315, 320. That's what Michigan is saying with a guy like Ikawana. That's what they might be saying with a guy like Rayshon Benny, who Steve, I'm sure you remember, we sat here, we talked about it on, on the, the early signing date. And we said, look, Michigan is in play for Rayshon Benny. And people kept saying, Oh, he said he's going to sign. It's don't worry about it. He's going to sign late. He's still solidly committed to Michigan. And you might remember the conversation that we had, Steve. Well, if he's solid, why not sign in the early period? That he didn't sign, was a te- it was a telling moment in his recruitment. And I think that's, more ev- that's obviously more evident now. That's kind of a weird recruitment because it, it kind of feels like you could, looking back now, could make the argument that Michigan State like may have led for just a few weeks. But they did get his commitment after the game. Like, because he had already been planning to commit at that time, seemed like it was a last-minute type deal. But then there was always that lingering uncertainty, uh, illustrated obviously by him delaying it. Which you know that's what we've always said: if you don't sign in the early signing period, you're you're questionable at best. Guys who are fully committed to their program don't sign late and think things over. They're definitely thinking about something else, or they have somebody else on their mind, or they're waiting for somebody else. Uh, if they don't sign in the in the early signing, I mean, you talk about kids who've been recruited for two and a half three years at this point. There's no reason for them not to sign to a program unless they're fully committed at that point. So, yeah, and to go back to Ike, uh, he kind of strikes me as a type of kid that would be a four-star if he lived in, like, Indiana <laughs> or, like, Illinois. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I think that's the biggest thing about him, uh, to go into a big program like Lakeview Centennial uh, and pull him out of there. Forgot to realize that he's teammates with Kamar Wheaton. That's the same high school. So uh, a, lot of big play- a lot of big prospects that come out of there. Uh, strikes me as one of those kind of kids who, you know, we'll see. And like you guys said, he's got a ways to go. But one of those, like, guys in Texas that kind of gets, you know, lost a little bit under the radar or whatever. And, again, it's not like Michigan threw out a bunch of offers to a bunch of other guys that were committed to other programs. I mean, they 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 didn't have much time, but, you know, there could have been other guys. You know, this is a guy that they 
honed in on right away. Seemed pretty evident too. The one thing this I don't really read into Twitter stuff very often, but he didn't tweet his commitment to Colorado, but he tweeted his offer from Michigan. I thought was kind of kind of funny. Raised my eyebrow right away, thinking this this kid might be interested. He might um, he may just not be Twitter savvy. I don't yeah, know. I know. I was just it's like I didn't realize an offer was a bigger deal than uh, a commitment. But uh, either way, you know, it did seem pretty early on that Michigan was in decent shape. Um, but yeah. Sean Nua, the biggest, the you know, the baddest man on the block right now. Sure, he's sure he's walking a little taller hey, around man, town he, right now. He's so. not the kind of guy that will, will take a victory lap. But hell, someone needs to take it for him. I mean, still got that bat right. from Harbaugh's office yeah, walking around. That bat. Especially landing Sean Benny. Now, it should be it should be noted that Michigan led that recruitment for a good portion of time. It was a surprise that things switched so abruptly. To Michigan State, but as we've covered before, you know, there's a lot going on at that time. I mean, Michigan lost to Michigan State. There was a lot, there were rumors out there as far as the uncertainty of the staff was concerned. Uh, it was, there was momentum that Michigan State had built already. They had moved up in the recruitment, and it all converged to him making that commitment in early November. But the response, Michigan's response, and I like to think that, you know, past experiences shape future approaches. And so what do I mean by that? Sharon Moore, take you back to the to the uh, Daxton Hill race. So Michigan has a commitment from Daxton Hill. We've told this story before. Uh, we covered this recruitment at nauseum. You guys might remember when he flipped to Alabama and everyone said, oh, my God, it's over. It's over. It's done. It's over. And we came to the site and we said, no, it's not over. As a matter of fact, Michigan is still very much in it. Now, I had discovered that very quickly, almost as quickly as he decommitted here, recommitted to Michigan and just had kept it quiet until uh, the early signing date rolled around. But the key in that, you know, sort of, you know, reacquiring of his commitment or getting him back in the fold was the response. They didn't panic. It was, Hey, you know what? We see that you're interested in another school. We're going to stay here. If you, we're going to keep recruiting you. And if you find it within yourself to listen and maybe be open to the possibilities again. We're going to be right here because we're still going to recruit you. And the same thing. Now, they got Daxton Hill back in the fold. The same thing with Sean Benny for Sharon Moore. The area recruiter, the first guy on him. Right, look, Sean, we get it. Hope this wasn't about the game, but we're going to stay on you. We're going to continue to recruit you. Same thing with Sean Nua. You know what, Sean? I understand, but you're my guy. I'm going to stay with you. All right, you're my guy, but are you going to be there, Coach Nua? If I'm here... I'm coming back to get you. And it was that approach that by the time you get to the early signing date and he doesn't sign, the word in, you know, word from around Oak Park, the word from people in the circle was he was iffy on that decision, guys. Now, he may not have been saying that pu- that publicly, but that is definitely what I was hearing from people in his circle. And when Nua came, when, when Nua was retained, I immediately heard from his line coach, his former line coach, Will McMichael, who's the line coach over at, Belleville now, he said, man, that's huge, Sam. That's huge. That's a, that's a big deal in this recruitment. And then when, when they added Mike Hart and Ron Bellamy, he said, man, I don't care what he's saying publicly. Michigan has a shot with this kid. They have a shot to get him back in the fold. And it was that persistence. It was that response, never being salty with him. We see some schools do that. Uh, it was that home feeling and then all the other factors that I'm sure, Steve, you'll bring up branding and all that kind of stuff. 
all those things sort of came back to the fore for him and made him realize, you know, in Michigan is the place that I need to be. And a huge flip, but it was all about the the approach. Never, ever panicking in that recruitment, Steve. Past experiences shaping future approaches. I was kind of wondering if maybe like the the numbers punched in, got the numbers punched in on the brand thing, <laughs> came back and I you know, know came hey. back in favor of Michigan there. Steve, a little I still bit, don't understand so. that one, man. I still don't understand Michigan State using their branding potential as a recruiting as a recruiting weapon against Michigan. Yeah, that's. Are you serious? It was, on, it's man. fascinating, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, kind of a yeah, it's a weird recruitment in that, like I said, the day that he didn't sign, I think we all, at least in the back of our minds, thought as long as Harbaugh's retained, as long as Nua stays on board, Michigan is going to have a shot. Then you add in guys who have already been recruiting him or he knows personally that are you know figures within the state, um, only makes it easier for him. And again, the thing is, Michigan, there's playing time out there for him too. This wasn't a, uh, you know, Michigan just stockpiling guys i mean he was a need we we've been talking about him uh at an almost donovan edwards level of, as far as need earlier in the process of guys they need bigger bodies he's the best one in state you know this is the guy they got to get so uh kind of hard to understate actually being able to sign him today uh, as far as his addition to the class because you know i saw i saw alan's analysis uh that you know it looked like he got a lot better this year he didn't get to play as often but really looked like he helped propel oak park to almost miraculous run uh, to the state championship game. So, uh, so yeah, really can't understate what his addition means for them in this class. Yeah, guy. Now, he's the guy in the mix that will be the most ready to play right away. You know, I'm not saying, not promising that he will, but of those three, um, you know, he he's physically, he's already 280, 285, uh, and I watched him in their opening in the opening round of the playoffs, I was at that game against Gross Point South, and he was outstanding. He had a couple of sacks in that game. Uh, you know, was was a real presence in the in the backfield, and you know, wasn't Will Johnson was not close to 100 percent in that game. So it should be noted that he was on a bum leg. He he might have been 50 percent uh, in that contest, and that had a, a a real effect on that contest. But uh, I remember watching, like, man, that is <laughs> Rayshon Benny. It looks like he's going to be a guy that is is ready to go, more ready to go than maybe people anticipated when they were projecting him more as an offensive lineman than defensive lineman. But let's let's turn the page, guys, and start looking forward. Now, Michigan top 10 finish in 2021. We are touting what kind of recruiting staff this is going to be. That is clearly, clearly going to be more evident moving forward, much more evident than we could see in a couple-of-week period. We're already seeing it with the aggressiveness as far as offers are concerned, we already are seeing it with how how persistent, how aggressive they've been with Will Johnson out the gate, realizing that he was kind of leaning to Ohio State. He's acknowledged that, Bryce, and now he's pumped the brakes on that, and it's been based on the hires and the effort that those hires have put in here for the University of Michigan. So, when, Sam, when we went to that Sound Mind, Sound Body camp, I want to say a couple weeks ago, and I talked to him in person you know, I asked him about his decision. He said, you know, I want to make it fairly soon. And I was like, all right. And so I was like, you know, with Michigan, they don't have position coach for you right now. They don't have. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he's threw out a couple of names to me. He's like, I've been hearing Archie Collins and Clanksdale and all these guys. And he's like, I'm, man, I'm hoping they get one of these guys or whatever. I'm like, all right. So then they get Maurice Linquist, 
guy from Texas, you know, AM Dallas Cowboys, and you would think oh, zero ties. All of a sudden, one of one of the first calls he makes is to Will Johnson and lets him know, listen, you are a priority. And smart of him, he gets Jordan Lewis, one of his former, you know, one of his players on that call, which you reported which on. You can, which you can do. Hey, look, prior relationship between Jordan Lewis and Will Johnson, they know one another going back from the sound mind, sound body days. So that that linking up was actually a really, really sage and smart move. It's a good assist. Right. And that's what makes him a good recruiter. This is just showing what he already knows and what he's tapping into. And so, you know, obviously with Will, he's a top, you know, top priority. But, I mean, he was he was offering kids, and he wasn't officially even announced. I mean, he was offering kids left and right down in Texas. And now he's got a couple kids in the mix. One is Bobby Taylor. It's a four-star corner out of uh, Katy, Texas. And Michigan's in his top three, I want to say, of Texas A&M and um, Alabama. And so he was going to commit uh, February 24th. He wasn't sure. I think he still is going to commit. But Michigan's making a strong push, I heard. And it's all because of Linquist. You know, he told me, he's like, listen, Coach Mo, he knows to work magic. He knows what to say. And it's funny because some of these stories I've ran about, some of these kids who I've talked with, they're like, listen, just that uh, first conversation I've had with him just makes me instantly want to go play for Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's just like that. You know, he just – he just knows how to sell, you know, ice to uh, Eskimo. He's just that good of a salesman, and he just knows what he's doing. You know, I mean, you, you look at his Texas A&M recruiting class in 2019. I think you report on it as well, Sam. That was a stacked class, you know, and then, you know, obviously he's got the ties. But I think what separates him for me early on is just he can go out of his territories and out of the place he's comfortable with and show he can get on a kid. And instantly make an impact like Will Johnson. So Michigan, I you know, I like Ohio State still there, but I think Michigan's making a good push, and I think they might be actually training at this point. Yeah, I don't like Ohio State there anymore. I, I think Michigan has has taken may, a lead, maybe a slight one, uh, but a lead. And, and Will, and I said this on the previous podcast because we got a question from Dependent Fanatic. He said, what happened with Will and the Crystal Balls? Was the cornerback coaching change? He actually told me that was not the issue. Uh, he said that, you know, frankly, uh, it helps Michigan in his eyes that there is, and this is not, this isn't a, a slight to to Zordich who developed a lot of guys as much as it is. He had just felt like, he, he started to feel like the direction that they were going with the same staff wasn't going to be any better. And I, I think that that really started to take hold after that Wisconsin game, which they were like, okay, fine. They lost to Wisconsin when we were all here. But when things just seemed to get worse and, you know, they just couldn't find any rudder after that, when it you know, all the uncertainty about the coaching staff and just really feeling like this this wasn't going to improve, that's when his his eyes really started opening to other possibilities that he did legitimately like, like Ohio State. I mean, I mean he really likes Ohio State. He really likes Kerry Combs. But, you know, having dad around – Dad's still waving the flag for Michigan, not pushing him there, but waving the flag and saying, look, Will, we need to at least wait to see what happens at Michigan, who they hire. It might be someone you really vibe with, really connect with. It wasn't someone he knew, but it was someone that was vouched for by someone he knew. And then, Steve, you throw into the equation, you know, that Michigan adds a Ron Bellamy. And and so I, I think when we talk about the improved recruiting, let's start from an in-state perspective and work out. 
Michigan, and, and case in point, look at this year. All right, so Michigan State doesn't have a single top, a single player in the top ten now that Michigan swiped uh, Rayshon Benny away, and it really looks like they're getting boxed out <laughs> in the next year as well. And I don't think it's going to get any easier for them. Whether we're talking about Will Johnson, talking about Josh Burnham, talking about a guy that I think they think they're in good shape with, and they are to a certain extent with Tayshawn Trent, but I think Michigan is is looking even better with all those guys now. Yeah, and then, of course, Dylan Tatum. And we'll Dylan see Tatum. where that one goes as well, right? But, no, it's funny. Miles Rouser, that seems like there's been more contact there. We'll see if that's, like, a real thing still or if that uh, goes back to where it was before. Uh, but either way, I mean, you're talking, I think those are, what, the five, top five top five prospects in the state right there, right? You know, and the, the ones that Michigan really appears to be heavy after as well. You know, and so uh, seeing that Bellamy – immediately makes an impact in the recruitment like Tayshawn Trent, one that we never maybe would have thought right out of the get-go would would be have such a high impact, makes it clear that he has the potential to really be an in-state force for them on the trail, right? I mean, we knew Dylan Tatum would be, it'd be a situation there. Uh, we, I think uh, you talked to Crowell about him maybe helping them back out at Belleville. Yeah. Uh, but for a guy like Tayshawn Trent, on the outside, you know, it's a guy that maybe you wouldn't think there'd be much of a connection there, but it's clear uh, that there is. And I, you know, I think we've said, I, I, I do really feel, I think Tayshawn Trent underrated. I think he'll go up as the process continues uh, really high ceiling type prospects. So, uh, but no, clear as day. Uh, it's already, like I said, I think we said when Bellamy was hired, he had Mike Hart's got experience in state. Sharon Moore has already built a reputation there. Josh Gaddis as well. Uh, Michigan has the potential to really kind of put a stranglehold on the in-state prospects, the guys that they really want, and are maybe in a better position to do that in a long time. I mean, I know they did sign, I think it was 17, they signed like the top six or something. I mean, they did a really good job there, but but now it almost feels like it'll be easier, I guess. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I think that in, in Harbaugh, first of all, you, you capture Rome Moore, you bring in Bellamy, who is, I mean, just – Southeast Michigan, his reputation is pristine. You know, I said this before. I mean, just widely respected. I can't find anyone who will say, say a single bad word about Ron Bellamy. Then you got Mike Hart, who has connections here in state. And conspicuous to me was Michigan State not making a decision to fortify its staff here in the state of Michigan. I think they, in not bringing in it, they were in talks with Steve Plinkscale. In not making that move, I, I think that they missed an opportunity to uh, to make some more hay on the in-state trail while Michigan got stronger on the in-state trail with, with its hires. And so when you're talking about a guy like Tayshawn Trent, I mean, he, Bellamy has the connections to, to Reggie Wins at Rising Stars. He has the, the connections with Curtis Blackwell at Sound Mind, Sound Body. This is a Max X kid. You know, this is a Max X kid. You know, this is one of Blackwell's guys, too. These are Bellamy's people. Uh, and to not add to the equation for Michigan State to not add to their equation in a way that combat could combat that, I think is going to be bad for them and, and good for Michigan. And so we'll see. I mean, the proof will ultimately be in the pudding. But Tayshawn Trent mentioned him because I think he's a guy that immediately moves up the priority list. I mean, if there's a guy in the state of Michigan who who's who the recruiting intensity will be tangibly different with or is tangibly different with Tayshawn, Tayshawn Trent out of East Point High School, 6'3", 6'4", 
210-pound wide receiver. He's that guy. Question for you guys, though, projection-wise, what as far as Josh Burnham is concerned, we have watched him so much as a linebacker. If you watch his film, Steven, I know you watch a lot of film, like most of his plays are on offense. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan started looking at Josh Burnham as like a jumbo athlete type. Interesting. He's got because he has some Sam Hubbard mm-hmm. like like build to me, but he's fast as heck for his size. I mean, he played quarterback this year, right? right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's got the ability, you know. And that guys like that, we talked about that with Dylan Tatum. Guys like that are invaluable. If you do have a guy that you think you can get that can play either side of the ball, you can take him. Tell one side of the ball, well, we got him committed at tight end. Tell the other is like you know so. Burnham is a, a fascinating dude. I do think Michigan is still in really good shape there. I think I think Dad wanted to wait and see mm-hmm. what was going to happen, but that's everybody was in that position, though. I mean, and that's fair. You know, he's still been hearing from some big time schools, though. I don't know right. if Clemson's still sniffing around or not, but they were. Right. Yeah, I, I know they haven't offered, but Clemson doesn't offer many guys to begin with. Just to hear from them is in pretty indicative of how uh, high a prospect this is. You know how how great he is. I know Alabama was still sniffing around Ohio State. Uh, so definitely a guy where it's like, you know, that's one you'd kind of want to get in the boat as quickly as you right. could so that these schools will stop. Yeah, look, uh, it's, a, it's a great point, Stephen. The reason why I mentioned that is because I think Michigan just wants Josh Burnham. Like, I, you know, I, I think whenever you change defense or you, you change schemes, you worry about, hey, is this guy going to like this new scheme? Is he going to feel the fit is the same? And I think the message with Josh Burnham is, look, we want you. And we'll figure out, I mean, look, it, whether it's some play, whether it's inside linebacker, outside linebacker, you know, maybe it's maybe it's tight. We just want you. And we will figure out the position, whatever you like. And I'm not saying that he is given, sent the message that there's something that he doesn't like in the transition. I'm just saying one of the things that we were waiting to see with like Dylan Tatum, for instance. Bryce, we talked about this. Dylan Tatum, he, he mentioned, hey, I haven't heard from the new staff yet, right? You remember that, Bryce? I haven't heard from the new staff yet. I think that that was about seeing where he fit you know does he fit more in in their new scheme at corner does he fit more as safety where does this fit I think with Josh Burnham and eventually they got to him and they said you fit at safety with Josh Burnham it's just you fit dude <laughs> we'll fit you fit somewhere <laughs> you fit somewhere we want you we'll figure out that fit when you get where do you where do you want to fit young man we'll make it happen it's kind of how I see them doing Josh Burnham at this point that's what you call program take. He's exactly, just as simple exactly, as that. Exactly. That you know, that's actually a phrase they use. That's yeah. actually a phrase Michigan uses. Tayshon Trent was program a program take, take I yeah. think, as Steve wrote down. Um it's funny going back to Tayshon Trent and Bellamy, that was one of Bellamy's first calls was to Tayshon Trent. So that shows you kind of how much they value him. But yeah, going with Burnham, you know, he played offense for, for his high school. He played uh, defense, and he led his high school team almost to a state championship mm-hmm. game. So he's really good, and he's a guy, like you said, he could probably play both sides. And I know Harbaugh has history of playing guys on both sides mm-hmm. of the field. So that's, that's a really interesting take. I, I never looked at it that way, but I think either way, you know, you put him in any defense, he's going to be really good. And so I have talked with his dad. His dad told me, you know, they, they kind of want to see the visits mm-hmm. April 15th, if that opens up, um, and just see if they can make it out to schools. And one of them is Michigan. They said last time he took a visit to Michigan, he was at a camp. Mm-hmm. You know, he said they're in the indoor, they're in Al Glick. And 
that was about it. They didn't really see much other than that. So he wants to see more. But we're all huge Michigan fans, as you know, Sam. Mm-hmm. Love Michigan. Yes, they love do. the university. Yeah. But I think they just want to take another visit, check everything out, make sure it's perfect. And from there, check out a couple more schools and see how it goes. But, yeah, a lot of big schools after him. Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson sniff around. So he's a top kid, but I still think Michigan looks really good. And Mike McDonald has been in contact with him as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We could spend the whole podcast on in-state guys, but let's let's branch out a little bit. I want to talk about some of the other guys that maybe we have covered on the podcast but we haven't covered on the live stream and so let's let's just pick a guy, and we'll have an opportunity maybe to pick more. But let's let's pick a guy that maybe you've covered here since the new staff was hired. That you feel like, man, this is a major priority for Michigan. He has emerged as a as a top target, and I think I know where you're going to. Let's start with you, Bryce. I think I know where you're going to go. You're going to go with a guy whose last name is Pollard. Yeah, pretty good guess. Pretty good. Michael Pollard. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, Bartram Trails High School. Uh, ironically, when I went to go down to see him in person, I w- that was not the kid I was going to go see. It's Brandon Jennings from Sandalwood, a one-time Michigan commit uh, who flipped to Maryland. And so when I watched that game down in Jacksonville, Florida, the best linebacker on the field happened to be this kid named Michael Pollard. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds, can run sideline to sideline. He can stand up. He can kind of put his hand on the ground, but he's preferably stand up. And he was just a freak. And so afterwards, I'm like, I got to talk to this kid. I got to see, you know, who's got offers from, what he thinks about Michigan. So, he, you know, he mentioned a couple lower level offers. And then I said, you know, what do you think about Michigan? He said, oh, I love Michigan. I was like, well, why? Well, my uncle played it for Michigan. I was like, okay, who's your uncle? He's like, I don't know if you know him, Braylon Edwards. I'm like, that's a decent <laughs> uncle. So he's very familiar, you know, with Michigan. He knows the history. He knows everything about it. He's got family, you know, up here in uh, the Great Lakes state. So, but he uh, recently had a zoom call and a virtual tour with, I want to say the whole defensive staff and they made it pretty clear. They want him here. You know, they, for, for them, uh, he told me that they like him at the buck position, which is new terminology. We haven't heard in this new defense. You're talking about three, four, that's something kind of, you know, Michigan had that Viper, kind of transitioning towards a buck, you know, a different type of linebacker. So he's the guy that Michigan really likes. George Hilo first identified him. That's where he's from. He's originally from Jacksonville, Florida, where he was born and raised. So got a lot of ties down there. But Mike McDonald really likes him in the defense. Sean New has been on phone calls with him. And 
he's a guy that just he gets it. He gets Michigan. He gets he grew up with Mason Blue in his, you know, blood. And at the same time, he wants to take a visit and see more. But he's blown up. He just got I would say South Carolina, he got a couple more offers. So he's the kid quickly on the rise. He's unranked right now. I know a lot of people love their rankings, so he's not going to impress you if you look him up. But you look at his film, he's the kid that jumps off for sure. So he's the guy definitely to watch, and he's going to be a top target in the cycle. Steve, a, a guy that maybe you've you've covered, you've researched that Michigan's offered, that you said, man, this is a guy, this is going to be a priority guy for Michigan moving forward. So I think Mike Hart, the only new staff member involved, otherwise it's still Sharon Moore and Josh Gaddis, but one guy that it looks like that they are totally turning the heat up on is uh, Keontae Goodwin, the four-star offensive lineman out of, I think he's out of Indiana now. I think he was from Kentucky. He was. Right, yeah. Uh, fascinating kid who was like a big-time prospect when he was in eighth grade and then uh, I think lost, like got into, like was in really, really bad shape, but like has worked his way back and is now just on the cusp of being a top 100 prospect. Uh, it feels like Michigan's been in contact with him like four or five times in the last week um, <laughs> with more Gaddis and I believe Mike Hart also. And Harbaugh. Yep, all of them being involved there. So kind of a, a guy where it's a guy that was not a priority when Ed Warner was uh, manning the offensive line. I don't, I don't feel like there was much contact there. Uh, you know, if there was, it was lost on us. Now, the flip side is it looks like Ohio State will probably be the biggest competition there. I do think there are a couple of crystal balls in for him. They're a little old. Uh, not really sure exactly where he's at timeline-wise with his recruitment. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Michigan has been pursuing him relentlessly since Sharon Moore was named uh, offensive line coach. So probably a name that you're going to be seeing – a lot more updates on uh, as far as Michigan's concerned going forward. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, is probably below fans' radar because he, uh, right now, his ranking hasn't caught up with, with his offer list. But the kid, Miles Pollard, the corner out of Ravenwood High School in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is Junior Colson's school. And I remember talking to his head coach, uh, talking to, to their head coach back in the spring before Junior committed. And it was because it was leading up to Junior's commitment. The entire interview was about Junior. And then before we got off, the coach was like, hey, man, hey, look, I got to tell you about another kid of mine. This kid, Miles Pollard. He's a 6'2 and some change, 6'2 and a half, 175-pound corner. He is a playmaker. He's physical. He's a ball hawk. Uh, he has good speed and fluidity at that size. You worry about kids who are that long. Are they gangly? You know, do, do they can they flip their hips? Can they turn and run? And this kid, he had all that right, according to his coach. And he said, "Look, he's a little under the radar, but Kentucky just offered him. Steve Klinkscale just came in and offered him. And that was immediately got my radar up. It's like, okay, so this is going to be a guy. Fast forward to the fall, and we send Newkirk guy. You guys remember we send Newkirk down to see the IMG uh, Ravenwood game, and he said, you know, he's watching Junior Coles and he's watching JJ, JJ, uh, you know, JJ McCarthy, and he's like." Who is this kid, Miles Pollard, out here? Who's the the uh, the five star receiver from IMG? Steve is going to Bama. Uh, Jacory Brooks. Jacory Brooks. Yeah, he shut Jacory Brooks down in that game. Shut him down in that game. And I remember Newkirk saying, "Man, this this guy is a ball player." Michigan crickets, right? <laughs> Cricket, nothing. And, and so Linguist comes in, and within like a week and a half, two weeks, he gets on the phone and offers him. 
and so I get on the phone with Miles. Pot- I get uh, you know, I hear from uh, his trainer. His trainer, by the way, is Daryl Graham. Daryl Graham, formerly of Detroit, trainer up here in the Detroit area, had Mike, uh, Mikey Weber, John Kelly, you know those guys. Now he's a trainer down in in the Nashville area. Still, you know, espouses the virtues of Michigan. Not that he pushes guys to Michigan, but he brought a whole carload of guys up to Michigan for a visit a little while back. So anytime Michigan is in on a guy, I hear from DG. He's like, DG. Or DG was like, Sam, they offered my guy Miles Pollard. And so I get on the phone with Miles, and he was like, he was elated. He was he was awestruck. He has 30 offers now, Steve. But he was awestruck that Michigan offered him. And he was like, on one hand, he was I was wondering – you know, did they just not like me? I know they saw me. They were looking at Junior. I don't know what it was, but they're on me, and they're on me hard now. And I am very interested. I'm very interested because Junior's there, obviously. Uh, you know, the combination of academics and athletics, hear a lot of great things about Daryl Graham, and I am not tied to playing in the SEC. I mean, he likes Washington. You know, Washington is on him hard. And if a kid is willing to go that far away, I mean, Michigan is a hop, skip, and a jump away compared to Washington. So Michigan very much in play for Miles Pollard. He'll be one to watch for all those ties that I just mentioned. A major position of need, of course, bringing some more size to that to that room. And a kid that, you know, for for all of the, the lag time, at least according to him, compared to the 28 or 29 other offers he has, Michigan is in great shape. Uh, at this stage. Now, how, how about this? Maybe a who who's your who's your unicorn? Who's that big fish that maybe Michigan is offered or you heard they're about to offer that you're just like, look, I, I think Michigan's going to get on this guy. I hope they're going to get on this guy. Don't know what kind of shot they're going to have, but you got to take your shot. Do you have a guy off the top of your head? I'm going to go to Steve first this time because I made Bryce go first. You have a guy, Steve? That's a tougher one. Um I get they're in it. I guess they're pretty in it. But I think the unit, like a guy like for me, would be get, getting Gavin Sawchuk mm-hmm. after pulling in Donovan Edwards. Be a good first test for Mike Hart here. Uh, feel like he's passed the first couple tests. I know Bryce reported on him getting on the phone with Sawchuk almost immediately. Uh, fascinated. To, you know, for me, it's more interesting about to see if Mike how Mike Hart can do in a big national recruitment. These aren't Sawchuk, not the kind of kid. He's ever going to reel in at Indiana, right? I mean, truth be told, I mean it's just a fact. So, <laughs> right. um, you right. know, so this will it'll be interesting. It'll be a really good litmus test. Uh, again, if he doesn't get, I mean, it's you know he's got everybody in the country after him. I'm not saying there's pressure on Mike Hart to land this guy, uh, but Sawchuck is he's big time. Uh, he reminds me of a leaner Donovan Edwards as far as the passing and the running ability from the backfield is a guy that can beat you in a lot of different ways. You know, Valor Christian, a great program out of Colorado. Uh, you know, though he's kind of the first one that popped into my head. I'm interested in, and he just transferred to IMG or announced it today is uh, the kid out of Jersey. Sab. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. another one too, where I'm like, man, like Michigan did a really good job early with him. It felt like his interest is super, super high. And he's really good. Uh, that's what I'm interested to see, you know, if, if between the transition and staff and the fact that he's transferring to IMG, where that'll kind of leave Michigan, because they did the whole uh, re-offer thing. Um, you know, I don't know but, uh, how that all works or whatever, but uh, they re-offered him. It means they're still going to be pursuing him and recruiting him. I'm just interested to see if they can kind of still stay uh, at least up or near the top 
of that race because that's where they it felt like they were early on. All right, Bryce, you you got one, or you want me to go first? I might be stealing yours, Sam. Okay, so I apologize if I steal yours. I'm gonna go with Walter Nolan. That's exactly what I was gonna go with. Yeah, um, Walter Nolan from Tennessee, five star, number two player overall in the the country. Um, he's got like as you mentioned, or as you imagine, every offer you can think of. I mean. I want to say over 35 offers. I mean, he's got a ton of offers. So he can basically pick what school he's going to go to. This is a test, man. Sean Nua, he, sh- he showed he can recruit, but this is a whole nother level. This is Alabama. This is Clemson. This is Ohio State. And the thing with him, you know, 6'4", 300 pounds. Um, wanted, we have him listed in his comparison as Ed Oliver. So the guy can move. <laughs> right. he's, uh, the guys, that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, he can move, but... He's got family in Michigan. That's the tie Michigan's have. So let's see where Michigan can use that and hopefully take it from there. You know, I know Michigan's made contact. This is the type of thing Steve talked about, this type of thing you've talked about, Sam, of this is a steep uphill recruitment. So does Michigan bow out early or are they going to go into it, you know, fierce? Look. And Michigan's going to go all for this kid. Yeah, look, you, it's, you're exactly right. You know me well. Bryce Marich, uh, Walter Nolan is absolutely my unicorn. He is, and I pulled up his ranking. He's the number three player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, the number two player in the country, according to the composite, the number one defensive tackle in the country, uh, both uh, by 24-7 Sports and by the composite, 6'4", 300 pounds. He has everyone. So he's this, pretty good. Yeah, this is the he's the kind of guy that Michigan would drop in. This is what we talked about earlier. The kind of guy they drop an offer on, and unless he was like, and I'm talking about on defense, offense, and Steve, you made this point, they they would have more stamina for a recruitment like this. Defense would not. So this is the kind of kid that they dropped an offer on him, and he wasn't responsive. And Walter Nolan isn't, at least at this stage in his of his recruitment, isn't a very responsive guy. Not just to Michigan, but to everyone. Like he just, you know, he's not talking a whole lot to coaches and so it'd be very easy to take that as oh he's not very interested and i don't i can already see signs of the difference with michigan uh because he wasn't very responsive and they kept it up and there's there are more ties that, than that so obviously nua is working hard to get in there michigan a, a former player lives in the area remember jeremy lasour so jeremy, jeremy lasour that's where he, he lives down there. He has ties in the school, you know, has has offered up, you know, has offered up insight and intel, you know, has been on the phone with Michigan about him. You know who Jeremy Lasour's former teammate is? Ron Bellamy. So you, you have you have these kinds of connects and these kinds of ties to a guy like that. You run the race. It, it, you might be you might wind up. You know, like you're running on a treadmill. You ain't go anywhere. But you got to run it just in case. Because if you get a guy like this and, and and you have the tools in place to really give you an idea of where you stand. This is the this is what's so valuable to me about connections and relationships is do you have an accurate accounting of where you stand? So can you call someone up in the in the race for Walter Nolan? He's not responding. Can you call someone up and say, hey, man, what's up? Why am I not hearing from this kid? Is he just not interested? No, he's just like that with everyone. Do you have someone that can give you that intel? Michigan has that with this guy. 
I think they have that with with the the, re, the recruiters they have on staff now. I think they have that in a lot of places, which is why you need to have stamina in recruitments like this. Definitely my unicorn. You will absolutely be seeing more on Walter Nolan on the MichiganInsider.com. So I want to get to some questions, guys, before we uh, before we close. We got a lot of questions that are coming via the uh, via, via the stream, whether folks are following us on YouTube, uh, Facebook Live, Twitter. And so we already covered Keon Sab. We got a question about Sab. Let's move on to talking about how about let's get a question in here for oh this one is about Oscar Delp. Oscar Delp. How are we feeling with Oscar Delp? He's been blowing up with offers the past few months. Steve, I'll let you start off with this one because you remember when Michigan offered him, <laughs> folks on the on the site were like, why are they offering that guy? He doesn't have any offers. He's like a no star. Why are they offering him? Look at him now. Classic. He's got like he's got like fifty nine offers now or something. He's got offer from three quarters of the programs in the country. Uh, obviously, Mitchell, that, you know, with that said, two things, a Michigan was the first one and B uh, grew up huge Michigan fan, uh, loved Michigan. It was an emotional offer for him. Uh, so I think it's one of those deals where I think Michigan's going to be in that one for a long time, but I don't think they're a slam dunk. Like I think it felt early on maybe that they were going to be sort of a slam dunk. Uh, but I mean, I mean, you're a kid out of Georgia. You start to get, all of these scholarship offers, uh, you're going to at least listen to these other programs. And a kid, easily one of the kids that it has hurt most that has not been able to come up to campus. Because that is a guy I feel like, you know, rewind the clock to around when they offered it. If he had been able to come up like for a game this season or something, maybe Michigan's in total control there still. Uh, I feel like this one will be a little bit more of a battle than maybe previously anticipated. But definitely a kid that um, they're going to stay on. Right, because now you know Jay Harbaugh now in control at tight ends. Uh, that's you know their pursuit of Delp is not changing. You know I know sometimes the boards can shift a little bit, uh, but I still suspect that they're going to uh, pursue Delp heavily. But national recruitment now. Yeah, you. I, I think you you hit it when they they were the first. They were the first to offer. His dad is from the state of Michigan. Was a Michigan fan. I think that his dad cried when he got got the Michigan offer. A lot of reason and. and you know, the early connection with Sharon. Now, I imagine that because of the relationship that they established, that Sharon will still have will have some some say and some sway in that recruitment. But if you're going to hand your recruitment off to a guy, and this is another thing that I think we need to give a little bit of attention to, Steve. I mean, you know, Sharon, one of the top 10 recruiters in the country again. Uh, but I, I think people miss how good a recruiter Jay Harbaugh is. I mean, this was the third cycle that Jay, and we talked about this, this third cycle in a row where he landed a top 247 running back, two in this cycle, and you add that to other lands that maybe people forget about because they transfer, like Devin Asiasi, Mustafa Muhammad, Tariq Black. He was primary on all those guys. If you're going to hand off your recruitment, the recruitment of a guy to a guy on staff, uh, you could do a lot worse than Jay Harbaugh. Yeah, and, like, the other thing, too, like, so, some of those guys didn't pan out on the field. That doesn't matter when it comes to, like, the actual recruitment. Absolutely. Those were national recruitments. Mustafa Muhammad had, like, 45 offers. Uh, Clemson was one of the other schools that was really pursuing them hard. We know Tariq Black was heavily pursued. Uh, Giles Jackson was another guy that uh, I think Jay was the primary on. Devin Asiasi, like you said, uh, another guy. And then what he did at running back, you know, with uh, Blake Corum, who, again, Ohio State made a strong run at Blake Corum last year. Uh, when they started to get uh, a little antsy at running back to finish the cycle. 
And then Donovan Edwards this cycle as well, obviously, right? So, um, yeah. No, I mean, Jay, uh, always a hot topic on the board. <laughs> you think? But, you know, uh, Coach DeMackey winner at tight end. Uh, Coach Michigan's first 1,000-yard rusher since Fitzgerald Toussaint. Uh, pretty good coach. Pretty good recruiter, you know, to just kind of perpetually uh, underrated because of the last name that he carries, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he'll have his own board. You know, I'm sure we're going to see some new names pop up there a little bit. As far as I know, I, I still suspect Marlon Klein is is a guy that they're still in love with. They still want uh, to sign, you know, with the program. Um, probably take a second and Delt probably still the top target there. Uh, but we will probably see some new names uh, come up to the forefront in the near future as well, I would assume. All right, let's get another question in here. This one from Carl Randall. Uh, he asks, what quarterback are recruiting the hardest in 2022 class? And this is a, you know, it's an interesting one because this the quarterback in this class is coming in behind J.J. McCarthy. So it's going to make it's going to make recruiting quarterbacks harder in this cycle. So the, the guy that I've been hearing a lot about recently, and Steve Wilfong uh, wrote a story on this, the, the kid from down at Center Grove, in uh, in Indiana, Bryce, Tavon Jackson, Tavon Jackson, they are really high on him now. I mean, they, he is rocketed up the board. I know a lot of people were wondering, well, what's happened? What happened with Gavin Wims at? He what Michigan isn't in his top group. Uh, I think you've seen the attention. You, you saw the attention shift, uh, whereas they were paying a lot of attention to a guy like Gavin Wim, Gavin Wims at at one point. Taven Jackson is a kid, Bryce, that that now. Uh, you talk about recruiting attention for the quarterback position in 2022. He is receiving a lot of it from Michigan right now. Big time, uh, big time athletic ability. He comes from a family. I mean, his older brother plays basketball for Indiana. Um, so he's got great ties, great athletic ties, good genes. And he's a kid who comes from school. Michigan's familiar with the recruiting Caden Curry. who's the top defensive tackle. So Michigan's, very familiar with the program. Um, he's a kid that they just think he's got a hose. He can throw it anywhere and everywhere. He can run the ball, which they like in this offense. But it's interesting because with some of the recruiting or quarterback recruiting, they just offered two new quarterbacks, another from Ohio and uh, Drew Aller. It's a big time, you know, more pro style, you know, pocket passer, uh, six, five, you know, but he can move too. And then they just offered, uh, let's see what his name was, Cade Klubnik. And so interesting enough about him, he played in the state championship against Quinn Ewers, or Ewers, who's the Ohio State five-star commit, and beat him. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty, he's not no, you know, scrub either. So they've, they recently extended some new offers. I'm kind of seeing that board seems to be shifting. But like you said, Sam, I think Jackson, if I had to pick one out of the hat, I'd say he'd probably be their top pick if they could take one right Which now. one? Jackson. Jackson Daly? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Taven Jackson. Gotcha. Oh, Taven Jackson. I got – well, they Jack, just another Jackson. Jackson Daly is a kid they offered. From Iowa. From Iowa Correct. pretty early, and they're Correct. still they're still on him as well. Those are maybe the quarterbacks that are, are sticking out to me to us at this point any any guys other than the ones we mentioned steve that jump out at you i mean it kind of a quiet kid but you know i, I feel like malik murphy has been interested in michigan as well um saw him tweeting a ton about tom brady during the uh nfc championship game last week like i mean i granted everyone you know hard to knock uh brady but like just overly effusive uh, in going off about Tom Brady. Got to think that 
some of the Michigan coaches had to have seen that, you know, and maybe would use that. Murphy's a borderline five-star prospect. So uh, I know Texas is probably involved there. I think he may be their top target. Um, And with Sarkeesian being kind of a hot name, I assume they will be a factor. But uh, he's kind of another guy who looks the part, looks really good. I agree on Taven Jackson, though. The guy's got a really good balance of – Staying in the pocket and making the throw, and that, or knowing when to get out and make a play, and he's pretty nimble and pretty fast for a kid uh, as lanky as he is because he is a taller, you know, little skinnier guy. So, um, you know, good new offer. Yeah, Aller, as Bryce mentioned, a really hot name on the market right now. Texas A and M, Penn State just offered. And I think Klubnik's another guy that's like really picking up momentum as well. So, it'd be interesting to see where Michigan kind of stands in those uh, recruitments. But I always feel like maybe you guys agree, you know. Whenever you see quarterback offers go out, to me that really it's always a good indication that the board is still pretty wide open. It's different. It's a re- position that's recruited a lot differently than other spots are. You don't just throw out thirty-five or forty offers at quarterback. You're pretty much more particular in who you offer. So, uh, gotta think the guys that they just offered are guys that I've, are at least high on the board in, to some extent. All right, I'll try to get a few rapid fire in here. Uh, sorry, we won't be able to get to all your questions. Uh, Impact Recruits asks, what's the word on Miles Rouser? He's a must-get. I think that I, – I, I, I certainly think that the, the new staff in watching his, his film, he has become a guy, again, that they, that they like. Um, I think that his, his prior commitment to Michigan um, is – you know the, I don't think those feelings have died. I think he just had a desire to, to really look around. Uh, his brother is obviously on the on the team. There's a, a natural lure there. Uh, but I, frankly, I think it's going to be a situation where they recruited safety so well, I don't know how many they're going to take. So uh, it could be a situation where it, it's going to be first come, first serve, unless you're a guy like Keon Sab who you recruit to the end, right? But, uh, you know, you, how many safeties are going to take in this class? Two? Three tops? And if, if you think they're going to get Dylan Tatum, which I think they're the – they're the leader for now. How much room does that leave left? And it, it becomes a race for other guys. So I think I say all that to say, I think that they are in good shape with miles Rouser. I do not think it's a slam dunk. I don't think that he is, you know, rushing to, Hey, I want to commit to Michigan right now. Uh, he wants to look around. He wants to survey the area. He's a heavily recruited guy nationally. And I don't think that he's going to be sped up by the circumstances at Michigan. I think the best thing that you can say now is not only does he have, a tie to Michigan through his prior commitment and his brother being on the team. But now the doors at Belleville are open now too. So there won't be, there won't be any obstacles uh, as far as the perception of Michigan uh, in that program. Now that, you know, there are some coaches there that they have connections with Ron Bellamy, Mike Hart, you know, really, really strong affinity now for Sean Nua. I think the relationship with Belleville is much better. I'll let, one of you guys take this one. How about this, Steve? Not a question that we haven't seen before. Which coach on this staff can make inroads in Ohio, understanding that they didn't hire anyone with, with ties yeah, to Ohio? So, uh, so what do you think about that one? Well, I mean, Mike Hart might be a guy in that regard. You know, the question is, does it have to, if, is it, does it have to be a guy that has ties? It doesn't. Uh, yeah, that right. I mean, and that's where them being more aggressive as a staff from top to bottom may just end up being a situation where it can benefit them everywhere. Of course you do, you know, guys come from areas, you know, they're going to have built-in connections. We know linguists with all the stuff in Texas. I mean, he's got connections up the wazoo um, in that state, 
but just a guy that it's clear already has a way of a knack for just connecting with kids. And that's a guy you can throw anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the question for me is, you know, how many guys do they want in Ohio? Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's like, you know, you're not going to get, uh, so every year there's, you know, 6'3", 220 linebacker from um, Bales of Hay, Ohio, who grow, grew up in Ohio State, you know, has Buckeye stuff all over his bedroom, right? They're never going to get – doesn't feel like they're ever going to get those kids. Um, just a matter of maybe cities like Cincinnati or Toledo, right? If you get kids in those areas that are interested, like those are the types of cities where they feel like that's they're more apt to leaving the state. You know, yeah. the closer you get to Columbus, it's more difficult, right? So, uh, Steve, um, Steve, you are so on point. <laughs> you are so on point with this. Uh, it, it's a matter of allocation of resources. No, you don't have guys with connections in Ohio. It, it obviously, I, it'd be ideal if they did. I mean, that was the key with Al Washington. He's a, a guy who was well known in Ohio. Revered. That's his. Those are his stomping grounds. He was able to go in with established relationships. Absent that, it's about. You know, uh, like you said, aggression, attention, prioritization. You know, is it a priority to recruit Ohio harder? And it doesn't have to be like Brady. So Brady put five guys in Ohio. Like, okay, you know, does Ohio produce talent to that level anymore? Uh, is it is it a circumstance where Ohio State is even stronger now to recruit against? If they don't produce as much talent. Ohio State is even stronger to recruit against. But the opposite end of that is where Michigan was last year. Where, I mean, or where they've been for the majority of the last few years where they haven't been a real factor for the top guys in Ohio in most years. So maybe you drop two guys in Ohio and you say, all right, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Mo Linguist, maybe it's Brian Jean-Marie, maybe it's Mike Hart. One of you guys, you take Toledo and Cincinnati. The other guy, you take Columbus, Cleveland, Canton. And you split it up, and, you know, these are areas that are in a five-hour radius where if you aren't catching the flight, you can get to on a Friday night, right? And, and so when when things are opened up. So to me, it's about is that a priority? And I don't know the answer to that question yet. I don't think someone asked here, have they broken down recruiting strategy? Is it still by position first? Are they going to be more area recruiting? I think those things are TBD. I think they're to be determined. Uh, but I think with the kinds of relationships that these guys are bringing in the door and the kind of relationship building skills that they have, that it would behoove them to hey, give give guys some areas and say, go to work, build some relationships, and then you'll be able to reap the dividends of those relationships down the line. And when it comes to Ohio, even if you don't get guys, make them have to work harder. Make them have to work harder to get a Zach Harrison like they did till the bell. I think that is a huge, huge key. How about this one for you, Bryce? I know you went to see this guy. This is like the last, like the last couple here. What do you think of this from Ross Hickson, Bryce? Can Michigan flip Damani Jackson? Yeah, five star from uh, California. Uh, same school as Christian Dixon, who's someone Michigan land and just signed, but he just committed to USC. And so one of the things he made an unofficial visit when those self got in once uh, back, I want to say it was October for that Wisconsin game. And, you know, you and me, Sam, talked with him. We talked to his dad, Randy Jackson. It's pretty obvious. You know, he, he loves Michigan. I hate to use this word, the dream school. Michigan's his dream school. But they did lose a big connection. This is one recruitment I think is going to hurt with Zorich leaving. Just because they had the Youngstown tie, you know, tie with kind of how he looked at Youngstown with Randy when he used to live there with Zorich. Um, 
But to quickly sum up your question, yes, I think it's one. It's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think it's still a way and see, but I don't think he's shutting the doors on official visits. I want to see they open up, and if they do, I wouldn't be shocked to see if he takes one. You know, depending on what happens with Will, let's say Michigan gets Will, that could potentially help Michigan in terms of Damani. So you, he's one of those kids you just got to keep recruiting, no matter what happens, because you don't know what's going to happen with USC. You don't know how their season's going to go. So he's a kid that I think has the potential of a flip, but I'm not saying it's going to happen, not even the slightest chance, but it's one where at least it's worth trying. I mean, he's a top guy. I think Steve, you've said it. You put him in this 2021 class, he's a top 10 player. So it doesn't hurt to at least try. Yeah, I asked his dad before he committed. I talked to him maybe the night before, Randy Jackson, who's a Youngstown guy. Not Randy Jackson from the Jackson 5, but Randy Jackson, <laughs> Damani Jackson's dad, right? And I said, hey, so Randy, look, we know what's about to happen. We know he's about to go to SC, right? Is it over? Is he going to? Let's say they open things up to official visits. What's the deal, Randy? He laughed and he said, you think they're going to open official visits up? And I said, for the sake of argument, Randy, if they open up, I wonder if Randy's even in here. He might be. (laughs) I said, hey, man, if they open them up, will he take them? So conspicuous to me was his unwillingness to say no. He said well, let's just first see if they allow official visits, right? So what does that say? I mean, I think that Mo Linguist made a great impression on Randy and on Damani when he talked to him. I think that the the love for Michigan hasn't died. I think that they are going against a formidable recruiter in Dante Williams. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy or a sure thing, but I think if if the NCAA opens up official visits, I find it extremely likely that he at least visits. And if Michigan gets Will Johnson in advance of that, or at any point, they get Will Johnson, I think that their chances at a flip increase tremendously. All right? And and that's relative to, like, a small chance, right? So increase significantly. Maybe they have a, you know, a, a, a 40% shot. I mean, I think USC is going to be the, the overwhelming favorite in this thing. Uh, no matter what, but you get him on a visit, you get Will Johnson in the fold, uh, you get close to, you get maybe 30, 40% shot, which is all you can ask for for a guy of his caliber. So uh, another plug, we are tomorrow also going to have up the Michigan Basketball Insider, the guest this week, Dickie V, Dick Vitale. And it was a great conversation for uh, Tim McCormick and I, uh, really, really good perspective. And then we also talked to 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, Eric Bossy, and man, did he did he bring it this week? Not only talking about the five star commitments that Michigan has, but also Michigan's chances still in the race for Charles Bediaco, uh, a near five star guy. He just got moved down from twenty five to twenty six, so he's just outside the five star range. Michigan's still in the mix there. Doug McDaniel, the four star point guard out of the uh, out of Virginia, another team takeover guy, and Eric thinks Michigan is the favorite for him. Uh, and uh, you know, talking Ooh. to Tim, talking to Tim about him. You know, Tim did some scouting on him. Loves his game. He likened him to a, a Xavier Simpson with with maybe a little more of a shot to him. Similar size, similar pit bull. Uh, like you know, already established relationships with Hunter Dickinson and Terrence Williams, uh, a couple of other team takeover guys. So jam packed edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. So much more to come in the way of 
recruiting updates. I talked back to Jalen Brown, the the speedster out of out of Florida, whose coach is Desmond Howard. I mean, we got a lot coming over on TMI. So if you aren't a member, time to get signed up. Be on the lookout for the podcast. And I know we don't do these live versions all the time. You can always catch this podcast on a weekly basis just by coming on the site or just wherever you get your podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast. Up they'll come. Go ahead and take a listen. Tell your friends all about us. Appreciate your time, folks. We'll see you over on the MichiganInsider.com. The rest of you who listen to me in the morning, see you on the morning show over on the Michigan Insider. See you next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.